God, we're back again. Yes. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Gorgeous voice. Go. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. We are back, boys. It's game week, finally. Yeah. It's finally here. I am fucking amped. How are you guys feeling? I'm pretty excited. And I'm I'm so ready. I have a a truly black cherry lemonade going right now. That's that's Damn. how fucking pumped I am. So Woo. it's big time. Yeah, you're on that like 19 year old girl type of thing. Look, you don't get more excited than a 19 year old girl. So. No, hell no. Yeah, we're ready. Man, it's uh, it, like the weather too is perfect here. Fall snapped just in time. I, I will say that's one advantage to the later season start is that it's not, like, insanely, ridiculously hot. We're not still starting, like, in the middle of the summer. So, yeah, uh, today we have got a giant, girthy, uncut, uncircumcised show for you guys. This is, uh, we've got a lot. All right, so let's jump into season-long superlatives for the Gators. Um, we're going to talk about who we think the offensive and defensive MVPs are. Um, and let's start with breakout players. Um, Hammer, do you want to lead off with yeah. breakout player on offense? My breakout player on offense? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, your boy, uh, Trent Whitmore, my wide receiver. That's my breakout player on offense. All right. Yeah. I feel I like you like shouldn't it. be allowed to do that. <laughs> well, I just did. So that's Damn. Sucks. It's <laughs> like saying my, my breakout player is Clark Kent. You're like the guy that's on Price is Right, but you're, you go last and you pick $1 more just yeah. to like, completely yeah. screw every, everybody else. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> Zlat, who's your, who's your breakout? Okay, so by breakout, I take it to mean just um, somebody who is not even close to nationally known and honestly not even really known at an SEC level, um, only to the, the major Gators. I'd, I'm going to go on a limb here. And I will roll with Naquan Wright. I would have chosen Ethan White beforehand. He would have been my All-American breakout. But sadly, that's not to be. So Naquan Wright, running back. That is the right choice. Absolutely. Nice pun. Very nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I will go with Jamarcus Weston. I'm, I'm drinking the lemonade there. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I only glanced at the depth chart that came out today. I didn't think he was listed in the two deep um so i don't know maybe that's a foolish choice i just i like his versatility with his size and speed combination and sort of some of the stuff we've seen come out of camp i think that he could kind of play a similar role to what Pitts has played um sort of like a hybrid like big slot receiver type of type of role I don't know. That's a shot in the dark, but... I mean, it's not a bad choice, though. I mean, you think about, like, Jaquavion Frieders wasn't on the two deep either, and right. you know, I'm sure he'll probably get playing time, too. And Rick Wells, who's allegedly, like, this leader in the locker room, wasn't on the two deep at all. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard when it comes to wide receiver, to be honest with you, just because, like, everyone's going to play. That's really, like, 
you know, I don't think they're going to, I don't really expect any of our top three wide receivers to really do better than maybe like CJ, I mean, not CJ, but Van Jefferson did last year, you know, like it's sure they're going to be, they're definitely going to rotate the ball around. And that's all the more reason to go with uh, the one and only Naquan, right? Yeah. That's a good call. And I want to give a shout out to, um, to Griffin McDowell. I think I mentioned on the last podcast that, you know, he was um, stepping up in camp and no one's really said anything about it. And now he's on the two deep as the second number two guard behind uh, Richard Garage. So, yeah, that was that was also that was my biggest surprise on the offensive depth chart, I think, because we haven't really seen much of him at all. His film was really good in high school. All right, so let's let's do defensive breakout player. Zlat, you want to lead off? Sneaky. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. OK, so I mean, can I cheat and pick two? I guess that would be breaking all the rules, right? Well, I mean, since you're going first, I guess. But yeah, that seems kind of shitty. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll leave the obvious one for one of you two. And if you don't pick it, then I'll be upset and I'll have to bring it up later. I'm going to go with uh, cornerback Jaden Hill. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. Um, and we, we have, uh, we finally have depth at corner. I think we're going to see much more of a rotation than we have the past couple of years because we have the ability um, to get guys in that are fresh. And I think he will be recovered from his injury and ready to step it up and actually um, produce a lot more than he did last year. Very nice. Hammer? Well, I don't... I mean, you can maybe feel bad for going with the complete obvious on offense. Well, so, uh, yeah. I'm just, gonna, just go I'm, for it. I'm going to go with Chris Bogle on defense. Um, I think uh, he's definitely had like a, almost like a... was it a little redshirt kind of season in the beginning of the year last year, and you know he's on the list and on the depth chart as or right now with Buck against Jeremiah Moon, who has gotten nothing but significant praise in his camp performance. Um, this makes me feel pretty good about Chris Bogle, at least making a significant impact on defense at all at this season. This is where I find it difficult to like parse what exactly we consider to be a breakout. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Mamou Diabate. Um, nice. I don't, was that who you were talking about? No, I'm saving mine for MVP now. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Are you going to say CJ McWilliams that? <laughs> why, why are you trying to ruin any joke that I could possibly have in the future? <laughs> <laughs> please, no, but please uh, continue. <laughs> but uh, Diabate, I mean, we, we saw some brief flashes of him last year and uh, I just, I think he's a special player. Um, we've heard about his leadership off the field and that he's one of the sharpest guys on defense. And we, I, I mean, we've been hearing that sort of thing about him since he was in high school. Um, he's just, I think he has all of the tools, both like physical and from a leadership standpoint to be a star. I think that's a really great pick. I, he's almost, he's like, like you said, he's on the, on the borderline of almost having broken out last year as a right. true freshman. Yeah. But I think that that's more of at an SEC level and he could and should have that more national breakout this coming season. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna stick with it because I've listened to a couple of podcasts discussing like breakout SEC players, and uh, he never gets mentioned. Um, and I I think he's gonna be a, a known name at least around the SEC at the very least by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I can't get disagree with either of you guys' selections there. Let's go into. Do we want to go into MVPs next? Yeah, let's do it. Unless we have anything else that's, uh, I'm, I mean, I, I wrote the list, so I feel like I should know what the list is, but I don't. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is as far as I got in prepping. Uh, I got to MVP, and that's it. Sweet. Um, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go off the cuff here. Um, okay. Well, how about since you got to go last every time, and since you're prepped, why don't you pick an MVP? Okay. Offensive MVP. I'm gonna go with the obvious one, and I will say Kyle Trask on offense because. I mean, he's the quarterback in a Dan Mullen offense, and everything is going to run through him, and I think he's going to be really good. I We we uh, saw Dr. Marty Lawrence's uh, breakdown of his interceptable passes, um, which is some excellent uh, OC he posted on the sub today. Check that out if you are listening to this and you haven't seen that yet. Like Marty said, he's a gunslinger. He is going to take chances. It's going to be high risk, high reward at times. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to build on what he did last year. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Um, Hammer? I'm going to go with offensive MVP. Maybe you won't really be able to see it on the stat sheet, but I feel like he's going to make an extremely major impact for us. That's going to be Stuart Reese, uh, offensive line. Um, he's probably one of the best offensive linemen in the country last year. Would have probably been a first-round pick if he had left for the draft. And I feel like he's going to give us that extra just kind of edge that we need to protect, you know, Kyle Trask and to get that offense going this season is having him um, inside on the, on the line. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. If um, now when I, when I think offensive MVP, I guess I just automatically jump to skill position players. So in my mind, there's pretty much only two guys that it could be, and they're both the obvious ones. And while I would love to say Kyle Pitts, because I think he is the best player that we have in the offense. I got to go Trask as well. Dan Mullen offense, he's running the show. He will spread the ball around and all all of the reasons that Tofer said earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really disagree with Kyle Trask. All right, uh, defensive MVP. Uh, Hammer, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kyrie Elam as defensive MVP. I think uh, he has the skill set and the talent to be a shutdown corner. I feel like he may not make the same impact that C.J. Henderson made last year, but it'll be close enough to where he'll be in consideration for, you know, top SEC honors at corner. Um, in my opinion, he's probably the most talented cornerback we've had on the team in quite some time. And I feel like the the ceiling is just, there's no ceiling for this guy when it comes to potential. So I'm putting him as the defensive MVP. Love it. I'll go second here. Um, I, I, Kyrie Elam is, in my mind, just like Hammer said, the best corner that we've had in a long time. I mean, he's going. I think he's going to be drafted right where CJ was, or probably higher. I'm thinking he actually has potential to go right up there, depending on, I don't know what his 40 time is. That could limit him. Um, I could see him having a little bit of a sophomore slump. Um, not to say that he will have a bad year by any means, but I think Marco Wilson just knows everything that he's doing. And honestly, you're, you're choosing, like, between a rock and a hard place there. I, I think that he might um, playing more snaps. He might give up a little more than we're expecting. Um, my actual MVP on the defense is going to be uh, the guy who I also think is a breakout player. And that's Brenton Cox. And uh, I think he is going to dominate this year. Um, you don't get the number one Jersey having never played it down without absolutely destroying in every phase, including classroom um, picking up the playbook and uh, just dominating on the field. Yeah, I read that he uh, made every single offensive lineman on our team look like they've never played offensive line before and multiple times in camp this year. I think he's going to embarrass people. Um, I really do. 
Like I actually, I, I don't want to keep dragging on it, but I also did read that my offensive MVP, Stuart Reese, gave up two sacks to Brenton Cox in a scrimmage um, and was heard saying that this kid is like probably the most talented defensive lineman he's gone up against in quite some time. So, And Stuart Reese, if uh, for those who don't know or haven't thought of it, was going up against Alabama, LSU, uh, Auburn every single year. And I don't know if you know the defensive linemen they've been facing, but there's some elite players there. Yeah, so I was between two here. Uh, I'm going to go with Amari Bernie. Um, I think he's going to be that anchor in the middle of the defense who kind of, you know, he's the cohesion between the front end and the back end. Um, I think he he has the athleticism to play almost anywhere on defense. And uh, I think he's just going <clears> to, <throat> he's going to be that guy who comes through in the clutch um, when we need a big play late in the game. That'd be great. And um, just a little preview. I think that he will be incredibly important uh, coming up against Ole Miss. So him being MVP sure. would be fantastic. All right. Uh, where's the list? What are we on to next? We got we got most needed to step up. Right. Okay. Most needed to step up. Huh. Um, okay. I feel like I, sh- I should have thought about that. I, I bet I had a player in mind as I was typing that, and I have no idea who it would have been at this point. But we'll think of one. <laughs> Are you talking about in total, like on the, like on the team, or like in general? Yeah, just or, um... just uh, just a guy that we really need to count on that uh, needs to. T- I, I do. I I actually remember who who I had in mind. Okay. And All right. Came then. To me. So I will give mine, and y'all y'all can do as you please. Um, I think that we need to Daryl Slayton to be that guy this year. He's got to be that guy, and he's had flashes. We've heard actually from camp. I think this year that he's much improved in a lot of ways. Um, as everybody saw with the depth chart release today, uh, Kyrie Campbell was not on there. And while the re- the reason has not been revealed and it's not a certainty by any means, there's a chance that we don't see him. And if that happens, it is even more important that Slayton just absolutely dominate as the nose tackle and take up that space. Because we don't have anybody else who can do that. He's got yeah. all the talent. Need him to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was uh, That was sort of the name that popped to mind for me, too. Um, you know, that's, uh, we needed, we need somebody to anchor the middle of that line. Um, and I think that it really needs to be him. I don't think we have another option ready to go. I I have one that, I don't know, maybe it's, might be a little controversial, but I feel like it's necessary. And I'm going to say Kyle Trask. Um, I think he had a great season last season. I mean, Dr. Mario had a great write up about his, you know, missed interceptions, but this is a team that lost all their top wide receivers with the exception of one they have you know there's a solid offensive line in place there is a solid core in place and it's just like we need him just to take that next step like can he be the elite quarterback that we need not just a really good quarterback that can take us to the next level i feel like he needs to step up and really lead this team this year yeah well said i can't disagree there let's move on to statistical category leaders sack leader well, I'm going to go first and steal the obvious choice and say Brenton Cox. You son of a bitch. Yeah, Brent <laughs> Co- it's going to be Brenton Cox. Uh, I don't see anybody else uh, matching that. Yeah, I agree. Um, somebody in, I think, I think it was on the Saturday Down South podcast, picked Zach Carter to be the sack leader for the entire SEC. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like, no. I, I mean, he's going to be a, a very good, very important player. But that's not his role. 
Yeah, I mean, he could even be one of the higher drafted defensive linemen if he has the year that he wants to have. But no, he will not lead in sacks. That he doesn't play that role in our defense or even close right. to it. Yeah, like Chris Chris Bogle, um, David Reese, Jeremiah Moon. Those are all guys who could get sacks and more than Zach Carter could. So, I would I would say Muhammad I would say Muhammad Dubate would have more sacks probably oh, yeah. this season yeah, than Zach, Zach Carter would. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't even go through all the names there, but yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, Zach, Car- Zach Carter is a great player, and I think he could play defensive end really well if we need them to, but it looks like we need him at defensive tackle, especially if Kyrie Campbell's not going to be playing this year. Yeah, yeah, we need him on the interior, even yeah. with Campbell, so that's important. Um, reception leader, who wants to go first? Trevon Grimes. Nice. That's what I'm picking. Um, okay. I just feel like there's going to be enough of a connection from last year coming back with Kyle Trask. Um, he'll probably be taking up most of the load outside. And yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is the best player on our offense entirely. But I feel like Kyle Pitts is going to get a lot more attention now this season because of his breakout year last year than he than than Grimes would. Um, that's why I'm going to put Grimes as the reception leader. I'll, I'm going to go with Pitts. Uh, like you said, he probably will get more attention. But um, I think that we're going to have some formations that are going to be like damn near unstoppable. Um and I think he's just slippery enough that there are there are a lot of teams that just are not going to have an answer for him. Even if you if you are rolling out four receivers, and you know it's him, um, Jacob Copeland, Trevon Grimes, and Xavier Henderson, you know you've got three guys on the field who are six three or taller, um, and that's just like you know pick your poison. And I, I think he's going to find a way to get open. And I think he's going to be the safety valve a lot um, as the receivers kind of grow into their roles and we figure out what's going on there. I think he's going to be the the guy who comes up with third down catches. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think our offense is going to be a nightmare to, to scheme against. You know, when you have Copeland, Shorter, Grimes, Henderson, Whitmore, and Pitts all six foot three and taller, it's going to be ridiculous to try to scheme against that, especially if you have a, lot, if you have a team of smaller corners. I'll point out uh, Copeland, I think he's six foot, so he's a little shorter, but everybody yes. else oh, is bad. very tall. Um, yep. Yeah, I, wrote, I, I put this question here with the idea in mind that Pitts is the obvious answer just to see if anybody else would take another player. So I'm glad you picked Trevon Grimes, Hammer. I have to go with Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, I, I think that's, that's just fair. like to said, he's, he's going to be the safety valve. I think that uh, Trask will probably force it to him a few times. And like we mentioned earlier, there's going to be so much of a wide receiver rotation and using guys that are in specific roles. Like we'll bring on Tony to do this particular thing or Copeland to do this particular thing um, just based on their size and speed. Uh, Pitts will be the only tight end and he's the only guy that does what he does. Uh, That will actually get the consistent playing time. So I think he'll get a catch every drive and it'll add up a lot. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't disagree. I mean, I just, you know, I just like, I just had to go against, you know, the the obvious answer there. So I'm going. Yeah, I appreciate that. That that was the whole point of the question. So we're good. Um, we we have uh, total points scored by McPherson. <laughs> I, I wrote this as a tiebreaker, but we're not even keeping score at all. But I felt like it would be fun. I I will go back and tally our answers as I'm editing tonight. Yeah, this will be this will be very tough. As I said that I am like already just excoriating myself mentally for volunteering to do more work on this deal. <laughs> what the hell um, is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's, I, let's make this, 
Let's make this easier, though. We'll say just for regular season. We'll just say we'll say for ten games, whatever that means. So even if we cancel the game, we add one more later. We'll okay. just say the first ten games that we play, whatever his total points are for that. I predict 115 points. I think our offense is going to be ridiculous this year. For reference, okay. he scored 98 points last year, including the bowl game. Okay. okay. Um, well, I wanted to go last so that I could say 116 and just <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll write this bit. But no, uh, <laughs> I'll say uh, I'll say 104. All right, all right. I'm going to go 84. I think I think the offense will do well, but there's going to be just with the whole way the season's set up and just the tougher schedule in general. I think there's going to be a lot of sloppy games, and um, I think he'll have more extra points than field goals, hopefully. So that'll yeah. kind of knock him down a little bit in that sense, and uh, with the fewer games, 84. I think it'll be a little higher than that, but hey, it's Price is Right, so hell, I'm going to need to get it under 104, and I win. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, there's going to be a lot of like having to go for it on fourth down in tight games, I think. Um and and like Mullen is that way by nature anyway. He's pretty aggressive on the uh, fourth versus field goal. Yeah, attempts. I I went for uh, eight points a game and then added a couple. That's kind of my yeah. my strategy there. Yeah, I just picked a number out of my head, so I had nice. That's how we do yeah. it. <laughs> um, all right. So do we want to move on to like game predictions as far as like wins and losses? Hammer, Hammer, what do you want to do? You want to do the the game predictions? Let's do game predictions real quick and then depth chart convo because there is something i want to bring up about the depth chart that kind of struck out to me um that i'm not sure if anyone else has considered yet but it was was a big deal to me but so let's um let's do the schedule prediction first though okay all wins baby that's my prediction (laughs) (laughs) 10 and 0 all right so week one Ole miss i'm marking that as a win yeah we're winning this yeah i i do feel like Ole miss might actually be slightly decent for the first you know maybe quarter of the game just because I think their quarterback is actually pretty good and Mingo should have a breakout season for him at wide receiver. But beyond that, I think we're going to, I think we're going to crush him. Yep. Game two is South Carolina. Um, that's back at home. Um, I'm counting that as a win. Yes. Yeah. I, I, it's hands down a win in my mind. Like I'll, I'll say if I think it's going to be close, I don't, I mean, it'll be close for the half and run away at the end. 2-0 and across the board. Moving on yep. to at Texas A&M. I think this is where we separate the wheat from the chaff. Gators win. I'm jumping on it quickly. Yes, the Gators do win that one, but I do think it's going to be a uh, nail-biter of a game. Uh, I was saying, uh, we were talking about this in the Discord. I am less concerned about this game now than I was a few weeks ago because Texas A&M has had some key players opt out. Uh, and the statistic that I have been relentlessly reciting is that their top returning receiver only had three catches last year. Yeah, I think they've like, got a tight end who is a little bit more productive in the offense last year who returns, but um, as far as wide receivers, they are just like tapped out. And if you're counting on Kellen Mond to take a step forward this year, I don't know if this is the receiver core that you want to be working with. Think again. I'm not really super high on Mond. My concern with Texas A&M really is that it's going to be at Texas A&M. And if I recall correctly, they play Alabama right before us. They're probably going to get their shit pushed in by Alabama, so they're going to be kind of desperate for a win. Um, yep. Yeah. For for that and, reason, I'm actually I'm actually taking. I think that this might be a bit of a hot take, but I have us beating Texas A&M 
by a larger margin than any game up to that point. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Interesting. The only the only thing that has me pause is Jimbo because whether we like it or not, he's had our number. So yeah, that's, for sure. That's kind of an issue, but I have us winning pretty big. I know Florida State fans like to blame Jimbo for the collapse of their program, even though it's the fact that they're just a dumb program. But um, I still think he's uh, arguably at least a top 10 coach still in college football right now. I mean, the guy's won a championship. He's really good at what he does. I don't know if he's a motivator, but he's really good at the X's and O's and putting together a team that can at least compete. I mean, last year, that team was completely should have been trash and they end up competing against a lot of people. Um, and they have a lot they of kind of play paper, up to people, right? Like on, on paper, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent on paper. It's going to be at Texas a and I know the crowd's not going to be there. It's not going to be the same type of Kyle field atmosphere or whatever it's called. Like it's called, it's called Kyle field, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, but it's just like, they're going to be desperate because they're going to probably lose to Alabama. They're going to want to win. There's going to get a lot of – we're probably going to be 2-0 and at that point, probably crush both the opponents prior before them. So we're going to have a lot of hype going in. We'll probably still be a top-five team. It, it's a, it's kind of a trap game a little bit because we have LSU right after that, and that's my only concern is that we have we're, we might be looking ahead towards LSU against a Texas A&M team. That was my only concern, but I still think we're going to win. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to LSU. Um, this is a win. I mean, yeah. that that is not a top-ten team. Get that shit out of here, y'all! Y'all are gonna slaughter me right now. I'm kind of on the fence right here. I have, I, I'm having an issue because I think we lose at least one game this year. Just, I mean, I don't. It's hard to say which one, but I think we're gonna lose one. Sounds like a Florida State fan. And odds are, it's gonna be a West team. We always lose to a West team. So I'm thinking, if I had to pick one, since I have us beating A&M, that LSU team just lost so much, though. Yeah, I got, I got us winning this. I can't I can't do it. They lost way too much. They're going to be garbage. Fuck them. Yeah. Yep. Gators yep. win. Let's do it. Tomorrow, baby. All right, next game. Missouri. <laughs> Missouri, that's a win. That's a win. Um, All right, win. next game. We don't have to talk about Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> move on. Yep. <laughs> next game, Georgia. That's the only one I'm, I'm still on the fence for, but I still think we're going to pull it off this year. Uh, I have moved back to 50-50, and I'm going to pick this as the game that we lose. I'm not confident in their quarterback, man. Yeah. Dewan Mathis just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's really going to be able to throw against what, in my opinion, is probably going to be the best secondary in college football this year, which is us. Georgia has has shown the past two years they haven't had to throw on us. Yeah, like they yeah. they they just do the third down conversions and that's it. And yeah, they might not need they might not be able to do that this year. I mean, Jake Fromm was kind of a shitty quarterback, but the dude knew how to like at least get ten yards. You know, like like he understood that part of the game i'm just not i'm not convinced with their quarterback i think if they had jt daniels i'd be a little bit more concerned because i feel like he's a really good quarterback when it comes to just his, his skill set but i'm not i'm not a fan of, of mathis and i don't think that they're gonna be as formidable of a team as they could be if he's still their starting quarterback in this game you know i want i want to i want to pick us so badly and i want to say i'm 50 50 on this but i'm more like 60 40 or even 70 30 i have georgia winning sadly um, all right let, let the record I, be let the record it, be known that the hammer suit the uh, alleged georgia lover is picking florida to win in jacksonville this year he's, he's trying so hard here he's, he's you're yep. forcing it right now <laughs> boy um look, look you either you either mock kirby or you don't i mean it's just that's that's the way it is just like kirby, Rick, just like kirby, Diaz. kirby has a shitty bull cut let's go all right i we are we are going 10 and 0 we're gonna win this shit i am convinced 
Let's go. You see, you see, you sound, you sound like you're just being sarcastic right there. You don't believe that. You're full of shit. On a quick note, on um, I really think that uh, the O line and D line, it's just Georgia is stacked with depth and talent, and we have a lot of decent talent and a lot of decent depth, but not to their level. And I think with a year like this, that it's going to be an issue. So I have Georgia winning. Yeah, I hate yeah. to say um, it. I mean, it's. They strike me this year as 2012 Florida reincarnated. I think they're just going to have such an elite defense. Uh, I really, it's the only game that I'm sincerely concerned about our ability to score points. Um, I I just want to do this right quick. How many points do we need to score to win? Like in total or more than them? I mean, like total. How many points? What's the number we need to get to? 24. Yeah, at, at, le- at least 21. Um, 24 is probably right around there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I would have said, and uh, I think that's going to be a struggle. Um, I mean, have we... What did we get to last year? 17? Have we broken 20 against them Yeah, in but recent on, memory? But uh, here's the thing, like, and maybe this is going to sound ridiculous. And this defense is going to be... But this defense is going to be better than the defenses that we have struggled to get to 20 points against them the last two years. I... I know, but I think our offense is more talented this year than it was last year. I just think we have more talent. I just think we have more talent available, and it's another year with the system. It's a better offensive line, arguably, it should be, with Stuart Reese added to it. And, you know, like... Fair I just, enough. Hey, listen, fair enough. You I stake like, your I don't know. I'm just not... Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be upset or anything like that. I'm not going to yeah, like, fight yeah, you. Yeah. I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Let's go into his computer right now to remove his bet against Florida for that game, just to be safe. So I really hope I'm wrong. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Arkansas, that's a win. Um, that's a loss. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Yeah, um, Florida's got this one uh, pretty handily, and Vanderbilt too. I, do we even need to like really no. draw out Arkansas Vanderbilt? Is that really no. necessary? No, two no, worst, I, two worst I, teams I, in the SEC. I yeah. do want to say though. I do want to say I feel so bad for Arkansas having to play both Georgia and Florida this year is their two added teams. That just sucks. Like, not only do they have, because they already have to play Alabama and LSU. So I don't know who their, who their other two opponents were already that they had. Um, Tennessee it, and uh, Missouri, I think. Okay. Yeah. Ten, yeah, Tennessee. Okay. So on that, on the Gator Nation football podcast, which obviously is not a podcast that anybody should listen to. No, they're great. They're, they're, they're good. But uh, they, they had Strickland on there, and he had a fantastic interview uh, worth listening to. He was very insightful into how their whole commissioner decision-making process goes down and all of that, uh, or the ADs and how, how they all work together. But he made a comment about how the scheduling happened, saying that the idea was – to get um they they wanted to balance it out they didn't care about like oh we have to add the same to each team we just want to get the end result to be as balanced as possible and that's some damn bullshit and he knew it when he said it and we all know it uh arkansas got fucked over they had tennessee on there which is by most accounts the third place team in the sec east going in right now like it's hard to say that tennessee isn't the third or maybe the fourth but then they have to add number one and number two that's some bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's okay. He said what he had to say. Uh, you have to support the conference and all that. So, whatever. Poor Arkansas. Yeah. That said, that said, I think Arkansas finds a way to win a game this year. And I do not think that Vanderbilt does. I think Vanderbilt goes. Oh, they didn't yeah. they have a bunch of opt-outs. Did they have anybody opt back in? 
I don't think so. Through Vanderbilt? Yeah, it's going to yeah. be rough for them. Do they um, have do yeah. they have players good enough to opt out? No, they just had players well, that opted I mean, out because they didn't want to they didn't want to risk it. Yeah, because they're getting a Vanderbilt education and they don't have to make money yeah. off of football. Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah. Yep, so we got two two more wins for everybody. All right. So we got Kentucky. It's a win. If it was earlier in the season and at yeah. Kentucky, I'd be a little more concerned, but I'm not as concerned now. I think um, our team is just better than them. Yep, I want. I I agree completely. I want late in the year Kentucky much more than early in the year Kentucky. We never get that. We never get this chance to play this late in the year Kentucky, and I feel like they kind of struggle at the end because they lose that depth that uh, they have at the beginning or the little depth they have. So yeah, this would be nice. Nice win for us. Yep. Yeah. But it's gonna be the exact opposite for the next team. <laughs> Like I don't yep. want to play. I don't want to play late in the no. season, Tennessee. No, I fucking can't stand that game. That is the trappiest trap game we have on our schedule, in my opinion, is Tennessee because it's in Knoxville. They're they're gonna either it's gonna go one way or another. It's either gonna be the same Tennessee we've seen the last couple years, where they're like finding their groove in the last couple games, or it's gonna be a Tennessee who's been complete dog shit, but. Oh, we can ruin Florida's season. Let's play the best game of our lives this game because it's going to be the last game we have this season. Like it's, it's one of those two possibilities, and both of them are ones that I don't find ideal. And so it is. This is actually the only game besides Georgia that does kind of concern me, but I still think it's a win. Yeah, if this game scares the shit out of me. Um, I mean, like I'm, I am still scarred uh, from 2001, and this just, ugh, it's gross. Also, they got, since the last time we spoke, Cade Mays uh, won his appeal with the NCAA for immediate eligibility. So they are going to have an offensive line that can really push people around. Um, well, he hasn't been cleared by the SEC yet, but, I mean, there's no way. They're, they're going to clear him. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a physical team. It's going to be late in the season. I don't like it, but I think we win. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got us winning uh, pretty. I, I got us winning by at least two scores. I think we have this without too much issue. I think it may be like going into halftime might be a little bit of a contentious game, but then we pull away towards the end. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so are we? So Hammer, you're at ten and zero. Uh, Zlat and I are at nine and one. Is that Ooh. accurate? Yep. So then that means that means that in all likelihood. Um, well, I guess we we could decide if Georgia would make the SEC championship game or if they'd lose a couple. But I think all of us would assume that. I don't know. What do you think, Tove? Does nine and one get us to the SEC title game? Yes. Yeah. I, I spoke on this last week a little bit. Um, I think that Georgia finds a way to lose two games. Um, I think they definitely lose to Bama, uh, and I think that they lose to either Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, I just I think they lose they find a way to lose a second game and uh, and we kind of outlast them despite losing to them directly and uh, we make it to Atlanta. I think their issue is that with with just such a defensive kind of not a must champion team because they're better than that. I don't want to take away from Kirby even though I do want to take away from him, but he's better than must champ. It's just a fact. Uh, For but sure. yeah, the, with, with that uh, and having to play teams like Tennessee. And uh, they have Auburn too. Just teams that kind of have that weird grinded out sort of thing sometimes with their defense. I think they do drop another one, and it's. I, I actually think Tennessee as well will be their downfall. So plus, don't rule out Muschamp, man. That guy had their number last year, and I don't know. It seems like he has more of a hate boner against them than he does against Florida. So 
Yeah, he could. He yeah. could. Uh, when do they play Kentucky? Do they play them early or late? It's immediately after Bama. See, that's a, yeah, just another trap. That's it's beautiful. I love that. That was my prediction last week. Was they they have the that's Bama right. hangover and they come out and lose that one too? That that's would be right. yeah. oh my god, that would be exquisite. It would be delightful. Yeah, um, yeah. So <clears> I'll be devastated with the Georgia loss, but we would make the SEC championship, which I would at least be happy with in this scenario. Yeah, because we were going yeah. up against Alabama. But I mean, also there is something to be said for being nine and one in that situation. Uh, yeah. and missing the SEC championship game because then we're probably playoff team number four. Honestly, you're almost a lock. I yeah. mean, I'll be honest with you, like a 9-1 and one SEC record looks a lot better to me than an 8-0 shitty Big Ten record that Ohio State's going to have. Yeah, I they'll agree, still get ahead. They'll, they'll still get yeah. in ahead, but... Yeah. yeah. But with how the Big 12's playing, it's hard to think that they have one slip-up, they're out. That's it. They, they don't have any sort of gimmies. They don't have any freebies. They're out, so... It's um, in Pac 12's already, but they play six games, if that, so they're not going to make it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it would set up nicely for whoever the team is that misses out on the championship game in the SEC, that third place team. I agree. Yeah. Um, cool. I want to, so I want to talk about something real quick about the depth chart that was released today, um, and then I got to bounce. Um, okay. And it kind of stuck out to me when I looked at it. And yeah, I mean, I guess the CJ McWilliams things was kind of surprising at Star. Like, that was not expected um you know i liked seeing some of the true freshmen peppered in there like gervon dexter and rashad torrance and everything but what really stuck out to me and it's kind of disappointed me at this point because i expected a lot more from him is not seeing tyron hopper at all on the 2d jet chart mm. um yeah like that was a guy that i was super high on in the last class i know he had a red shirt season but it just really surprises me that he can't beat james houston at middle linebacker like like Ventral Miller, some... Ventral Miller might be a little bit different because Ventral Miller is like a really good linebacker and he's like definitely stepped his game up. But it's like, I don't know, it just surprised me that Tyron Hopper is just still nowhere to be seen. And I, it's concerning to me. I have some thoughts here um, pertaining to both of the things that you just touched on. Um, okay. But I don't want to steal Zlat's thunder. Okay. Uh, I actually have him written down as well. And the reason that I wrote him down... We all know that Mullen lies. He misleads. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't do the the straight, blatant lies, but he misleads. Uh, this depth chart is a lie. Remember that. So that that's kind of my big thing. And I know for a fact that he purposely left some people off, and um, he purposely has some people on there that may not be the key guys there. Um, and I think if I had to pick somebody that made sense for the Ole Miss game, that he might have left off on purpose it would be Tyron Hopper because he is one of the few guys that has the speed at linebacker to be able to keep up with that Ole Miss rushing attack that they're going to be throwing at us, which is actually scary. Um, And I mentioned earlier, Amari Bernie as being a guy that we're going to count on. Um, I could see scenario where we see Hopper and Bernie in on certain packages, at least in unique situations to where those guys are doing some sort of spy thing, um, trying to keep Plumlee, from just absolutely running past everybody because I don't know if Miller or Houston or even Diabate have the speed to keep up with uh, Plumlee and Ely in the backfield. Do you think you think Wingo be a part of that too, even though he's a true freshman? I think Wingo will get playing time eventually, but I don't think he's going to be starting right away. Um, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think he's going to start yeah. right away, but yeah. Well, I, I, not even starting. I don't think he's going to be playing right away. I think he'll, he'll have okay. some time. And I think Hopper still needs to add some weight, but I... 
I think that that might be a little misleading. I, I expect to see him. Yeah, I would I would add to that. Um, I I understand that people have pushed back on this idea, uh, but uh, Dan Mullen loves his seniors and redshirt juniors, and um, I, I guess adding to the aspect of these depth charts being bullshit is that he is going to use them as an opportunity to reward guys who work hard and who are upperclassmen. And so even if it doesn't necessarily translate directly to the field, that's why we are seeing CJ McWilliams as the definite starter at star, uh, because he is an experienced guy and apparently he works hard because the coaches love him. And, you know, I'm guessing it's probably a similar thing with James Houston. Um, I'm wondering if it might be a similar thing with Malik Davis at running back, getting the or spot with Pierce. You know, I, I just I yeah. think that this this coaching staff loves upperclassmen who put in the effort and take a leadership role, um, even if they might not be the guy who's actually the best player at that position. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that fully. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I can agree with that, guys. Yeah, that makes sense, especially what you both said about those things, too. Um, another one I wanted to say, and then I definitely do have to leave that definitely really stuck out to me was that like, who the hell is Jacob Finn, the punter? Like, isn't, is he the Australian guy? No, Jeremy Crishaw is the Australian guy who's listed yeah, as I, the backup. He's just oh, a, yeah, I think Jeremy he's a Crishaw. walk on. Interesting. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see. Like that thing looked at, I like looked at special teams real quick. Cause like, yeah, you know, it's just special teams, but it's like, who the hell is this guy? I never heard of him before. You know? Um, that just struck me as odd considering we have this apparently like all world Australian badass motherfucker at a punter who can't beat some random guy that I've never heard of before. So it's very interesting to me. Yeah. I don't have any other thoughts uh, uh, on the depth <laughs> yeah. chart. Other yeah, than I, that, to be I, honest I with nothing, you guys, nothing to add. For um, I, I honestly didn't even look at uh, the punter death chart. So, but yeah, he's, he's a walk on. So, I mean, whoever wins that job, wins that job. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair. So, all right, guys. Well, I got to get out of here. So, it was a right. pleasure. Thank so. you. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so to, so to tack on to what you were saying earlier, uh, I, I would agree fully with uh, the names that you mentioned. I, there's no chance in my mind that Damian Pierce is not the clear-cut running back starter. So, the fact that um, Davis is listed as an or... Uh, yeah, maybe part of it is uh, gamesmanship, but I think a lot of it's just rewarding a guy who's been here a long time, done everything the right way, and put it all in. And I mean, he's probably doing all the right things too. Um, so, and I'm not saying he's not talented. It's just I think Pierce is the guy, uh, hands down. I agree. What what percentage would you expect uh, of the carries to go to Pierce? I think I think it'll be like 50 percent Pierce uh, right around there and then kind of split between two other guys, maybe. So 25, 25, something like that. And I would um, I, I would actually lean even a little bit heavier than that. I would say probably 60 percent Pierce. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say like a 60, 20, 20 split is what I'm expecting. And I guess the uh, that's also factoring in like things like uh, Trask running or Tony doing little or Copeland, Tony doing little end arounds, things like that. But yeah, I, I think Pierce has a pretty solid majority of the carry carries yeah three three to one kind of thing um if yeah. you're looking at just running backs indeed that's my indeed. first one today that's right yeah i actually have some things written down um just a few uh hammer kind of hit on part of them so we we got the running backs covered i think i know lorenzo lindegaard i think part of that is um that he just has i 
I think there's something he's missing right now, uh, whether it's picking up the the blocking assignments, uh, picking up the right run, rushing lanes. Maybe he has fumble issues that they're not saying. Uh, they wouldn't let that out if he does, obviously. Right. Um, and I'm just speculating. I have not heard anything, but I have heard that he might have some trouble picking up on the blocking schemes. So I think part of that is just um, he's got to earn that spot mentally with his uh, just learning the playbook. Um, the star position Hammer had mentioned, I, it's a question mark in my mind. I'm not really concerned yet <laughs> that CJ McWilliams is in there, but um, having McMick and Tre- Trevez is interesting because you have a guy mm-hmm. who struggled heavily and then you have a true freshman who actually didn't even early enroll which is very interesting to me um, speaks volumes to how the coaches feel about Trevez. But I think, I think it's odd that it's those two listed at star yet. Chester Kimbrough is listed on the outside. Uh, Kimbrough strikes me as more of a star than a corner. Right. And maybe, maybe we just wanted to pick a, a fourth corner there and didn't want to put any of the freshmen like, Yeah. I, I would agree. So I, I think we would try Kimbro there before um, maybe even both of those, to be, to be honest. I have no idea. But uh, clearly they think McWilliams earned earned a, a spot starting on this depth chart. Um, we'll see what happens. For whatever, for whatever this depth chart is worth, you know, grain which, of salt. Which is basically nothing outside of just rewarding um, experienced players, which goes to my uh, the, the main point that I wrote down, the most uh, interesting thing to me. Um, and I have one more thing to say after this, but uh, there were six true freshmen listed, which I thought was pretty cool, actually. Uh, very yeah. fascinating. Uh, Gervon Dexter, Josh Braun, Xavier Henderson, Anthony Richardson. I don't think anybody is surprised by those four names, if, especially if you've listened to me rant and rave about Braun before. But, um, I mean, the two, the two elite guys we signed, uh, the quarterback and then Braun. So that's pretty clear. So good for Torrance, good for Travis. I think it's really cool that they... They both made it in there. Yep. And um, I guess one last thing. Uh, I'm concerned about defensive line depth. We had, I looked at last year's opener chart for Miami. We had 11 guys listed on the D-line. And that was without uh, Chris Bogle, Mohamed Diabate, or uh, David Reese 2.0. Um, we had 11. This year we have nine. And yeah, Campbell's not on there, so that's maybe maybe he comes back. I don't know, um, but that's kind of a it's it's a concern for me, especially just I mean we're gonna lose a few of them after this year too. So it's um, I mean yeah, we have a lot of freshmen we brought in, but they're gonna have to step up. So Lamar Goods, uh, Princely, Umen Mialin, I worked hard on that, <laughs> making sure I had Very it right. Nice. Um, yeah, some some of those guys are going to have to, especially in the interior, because I think the end position, the buck especially, we have uh, some good numbers there, but that interior D-line, we're going to have to have some freshmen making some moves. Yeah, um, I, I do think that the defensive interior, uh, the defensive tackle recruiting has lagged relative to um, what we have stacked, just a, you know, a, an embarrassment of riches at that buck spot. Um I think we're solid as far as pass rushers, but I agree. Um, the depth is concerning, and I do worry about wearing down against running teams later in the year, especially as a result of that. 
Yep, it's a, it's definitely a concern. And then, yeah, I mean, we we haven't really hit our rash of injuries. And, I mean, every year you're going to have them. And we mm-hmm. have, I think, only one so far that's been, or I guess two, but w- one person who's, like, in that too deep who who um, is actually affected to this point. Um, and if we start getting hit on the wrong spots, that's it's uh, it can be a little scary. So scarier than I'd like it to be right now. So we'll um, we'll see how that goes. All right, so we move on now to preview this weekend's game. Joining us now, longtime insider. Um, this guy, he knows his stuff when it comes to Ole Miss football. Um, we're going to try, if we can, to have on a guest from different teams throughout the year. And uh, so this is the first of those. Uh, joining us now, you might know him from Reddit. User goes by the name Zlatan Diego. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that, Tove. Uh, glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's the best I can. I know that's that really sounds, that was really rough. That was, that was really rough. That was like it sounded like a I don't know like Chicagoland gangster from the '30s. Like <laughs> sounded like one of uh, uh, Al Capone's henchmen. I went a little too fast. We'll, yeah. we'll work it. I'll have to work my way into it. Work my way into it. Yeah, we'll, you we'll get, get. You got it. We'll you get gotta, there. It's got to be those molasses. It's got to yeah, be I, slow. That, that word's coming way too quickly out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to really each each vowel has three different syllables. You got to taste each individual <laughs> syllable. You got. It's like lard. It's like it's like butter. It's just it's delicious <laughs> cornbread. Just it's molasses dripping out of your mouth. See, Topher is far better at this than I am. Um, I think you have a little more experience than I do. Uh, just I am, I am, fr- I am a native from the deep south, my friend. Yeah, as as I am just a transplant. You a little bit to, to a right. point. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, let's cut. Let's cut to the chase here. Um, yeah, we can do that. I appreciate you not calling me an Ole Miss fan right there. Uh, you could oh, have easily no, gone please. gone there if you had wanted, but. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, if um, if you haven't been following the podcast that long, I live in Mississippi and my in-laws are all Ole Miss fans. Die hard, long time, multi-generational Ole Miss fans. So being that I love football and that I love my family, I go to all the Ole Miss games I, or ones that I can go to at least. Uh, we have season tickets. So I have the ticket to this week, uh, this weekend's game. Pretty pumped about that. And I would say that I'm probably... One of, if not the most knowledgeable Gator fan regarding the Ole Miss football team, just because I've been able to see them live for pretty much every game that they have at home. So I don't know if you want, like, me. do we want me talking the whole time or you want to ask me some questions? I have literally nothing prepared. Um, Sweet. I mean, I have plenty prepared to talk about, so we can do it however. Yeah. Shoot from the cuff and I'll, I'll follow your lead. All right. Okay, well... Ole Miss, there are two main parts of football. You have the offense and you have the defense. This is so simple, so basic. Ole Miss's offense scares the shit out of me. I am being dead serious. Ole Miss's defense makes me very excited and it gets my pants tight. <laughs> <laughs> that, is my, that is my overall breakdown that gives a, um, some, some insight into exactly how I feel this game will go. Well, there you have it. 
yeah um <laughs> that's, that's it that's pretty much it yeah um, okay so so let's start with um let's we will start with uh, the part that scares me because then we can finish on a good note sure um uh, hammer mentioned uh, the receiver mingo earlier they have um they have a lot of pretty good highly rated receivers they brought in recently uh, nobody that's absolutely proven himself outside of Elijah Moore, the slot receiver, and he's out of St. Thomas Aquinas down in South Florida. And uh, most, a, a lot of Gator fans probably recognize the name or at least know him. Mm-hmm. He, he, and if you don't know who he is, he is the one who scored the game-tying touchdown or the, the touchdown that would have tied it up with an extra point against Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl and proceeded to uh, feign pissing all over the field Nice. And uh, got a penalty, and they missed the field goal, and they lost. Arguably the most impactful man in college football, in the SEC West at least, uh, over yes, the past the, year. Yeah, Tr- truly uh, set a, a whole domino effect of coaches hiring, firing, and all sorts of excitement. Um, yeah. Quite quite the P, really, yeah. Uh, but he's, he's actually a, a good player. I've seen him play a, a lot. He gets open. He's quick. He has moves. Um, I'm a little concerned about who's going to play star and cover him or who's going to play nickel and cover him. Uh, I'm not concerned at all with our outside corners. I think Marco and Kair can handle whoever they throw at wide receiver. But Moore has me a little worried. And that is amplified by the Ole Miss backfield because I think that the star slash nickel is going to have to do a good job of containing the quarterback keeping him from getting outside and just running around us. And um, that whoever's playing that role is going to have a lot to do. So I don't know what Grantham's planning, but with how much he likes to cross train and rotate guys, that we're going to have to do something unique and interesting with our speed guys at the, uh, the buck position, the two linebacker spots, and the star position um, to get the right speed out there to be able to handle whatever Kiffin decides to throw. Because whether you, I, I know that uh, the message boards have Ole Miss starting Matt Corral, or that that he's the guy leading the charge there. Um, he might even get the starting role and play the most. But you would be foolish to think that Plumley will not play a lot. And um, if he doesn't, then either he's injured, injured, or Kiffin is an idiot at offense. And I don't think Kiffin's an idiot. No, uh, that that guy is transcendent. I, I have, I I talked him up the moment I saw him. Like, I mean, you remember, I was talking him up very early on in the season last year. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that guy is incredible. Like, go watch his film if you haven't yet. Just go watch his highlights against LSU. The dude is scary as shit. Um, he he can run with the best of them. He looks like Lamar Jackson out there. So I I don't know how we can hand. I don't know how we will do against a running quarterback like that. Who's the last guy we faced like that? That's actually like a really skilled running quarterback. Hmm. Tate Martell. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that answer. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know. It's been a long time. I don't think, I don't know if we played anybody like that last year. So like we haven't really seen what our defense does against that with the guys that Grantham likes them there. So yeah. it's, it's a little worrisome just because I don't know how we'll react. I don't know what we'll do against it. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of plays. And uh, the the running backs are very good. Um, that's probably their deepest position outside of linebacker. 
uh, the they had two freshmen last year, one guy named Snoop, and then uh, Jerion Ely is a five star. So yeah, really good skill players. Um, their line is pretty experienced on the interior, so the offense can definitely work against us, especially with our biggest weaknesses or question marks being all up the center with defensive tackle. Um, we don't really know who's going to be doing linebacker, and then safety is always kind of a question with us right now. Yeah, um, I you answered my one question I was going to have um, regarding quarterback, and I, I guess my concern would be that we see some sort of like a multi-quarterback formation. Um, I would actually kind of be surprised if we didn't see something like that. I think that Kiffin has a lot of toys at his disposal here, and uh, he is someone who clearly knows how to use athletic guys. I mean, we saw that from his time at Bama. You know, that yep. that Bama yep. offense that he ran has, is the best, in my opinion, is still the best that they've had. Um, and, uh, you know, it... Uh, it's it, it is reason for concern in in some areas. I'll I'll agree with you that uh, the whole Kiffin thing. The uh, I guess the one question mark that they have. Uh, first of all, they lost their offensive tackles, but uh, their biggest question mark is going to be. Um, I, I completely I had it all written down right here, and I lost my my spot here. I'm a horrible Ole Miss fan. Really, really, just the worst. Oh, Rich Rodriguez is gone. And um, I don't know how much to attribute that lethal rushing attack they had last year with uh, Plumlee just finding these crazy holes and Ely just killing it and then Snoop uh, Menace, Snoop Connor, Snoop something, uh, killing it. Uh, Maybe that was Rich Rod and his ability to scheme rushing guys open. I don't know if that's really Kiffin's strong suit necessarily. So that would be kind of a question mark they have. the defense, I, I'll keep it. I'll keep this one relatively quick. Uh, their defense sucks. It sucks ass. It is really bad. It has little depth to no depth. Uh, the defensive line loses three of their top four guys. They ran. They ran a three four last year, and the fourth I think had an ACL injury last year. So he's coming back this year, but he missed a lot of last year. Uh, hurt. Um, defensive backs, minimal depth. They have one guy who's actually pretty good. His name's uh, Jalen Jones. Um, he had an injury as well, I think, the year before, an ACL injury, but he's he's a good player, and I think he kind of struggled last year, but he should be solid. Uh, but they don't have a single person on their entire team that is capable of covering pits. Not many people do, but like they don't have anybody even close to it. They're going to struggle hardcore in stopping the pass. Um, they're small, so they're gonna, they might struggle stopping the run if our offensive line is even half decent, so it's a good litmus test for our line. And um, their their biggest strength is their linebacker core. Their three guys there are actually really good. Um, the guy uh, Sonogo missed last year with an ACL injury. They had a lot of injuries, but um, he was probably the best player of the defense up until that point. He'll be back this year, so he's good. Uh, but having only linebackers and no D line, I could see it being um, we kind of keep it slow at first, but then the second half we just start running all over them. So those yeah. are my. Uh, thoughts against the defense i think we'll just i think we'll actually score a ton i i guess regarding their defense who did they hire did they bring in dj durkin as the defensive coordinator i don't know if he's a coordinator or not i think they have some guy named chris partridge i don't remember okay it's listed they're listed as co-defensive coordinators okay yeah so and i i mean i uh, he'll be he'll be good i mean it's it's just not a good there's no talent there right it's really like like the sanctions that they had they're hitting now and a little bit last year um they lost 
they lost their their top players like that that they actually were still able to land before they the sanctions really set in and then they limited the southern scholarships that hurts your depth on the d-line uh, the most and that's where they were killed mississippi state ended up landing all the top in-state d-linemen if they stayed and uh, Ole miss is going to struggle there immensely because of it yeah i am i'm glad that we're getting them at this point in the you know like right off the bat in the Lane Kiffin era, because I do think that they will be a much better team, a much more well-rounded team, um, if he gets a couple of years to work there. You know, barring some sort of off-the-field blow-up and shenanigans, which is always something that you could not necessarily expect, <laughs> but uh, not too far out of the question with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and everything involved there. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I am I am glad that we're getting them at this point. Um what, how are you feeling about a uh, score for this game? I had a, uh, if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I think I had it 38, 24. Um, I think it's going to be a little closer. I, I just, I think that we have, we have some injuries at spots that are going to make it less. Uh, you see, that's not even the blowout that people wanted, but I could see it being kind of a 10 point game. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily just be jumping all over this line. What's it at? 12 and a half right now? 14? Uh, I don't. I haven't checked today. It opened at 13 yesterday. Okay. Yeah. I, I People are like really excited. They're like, oh, Ole Miss is food and all that. Uh, maybe because it's a bad team. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not a good team. But it's a scary team that can score. And right now, while I expect defense to be a strength for us, I'm kind of worried about who we throw out there right away, especially if we have multiple suspensions, injuries, and uh, COVID hitting us at all this week one. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I didn't really give a number there. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, well, I went 38, 25, maybe 38 to 27, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was in that same neighborhood. Um, I was going to say 38, 28. Um, not to prices right you here. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd chalk this yeah. up as right around a 10-point game. Um, I definitely would not take that 13. I think there's a strong chance that we don't cover that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I am feeling relatively confident that this is a win, though. Yeah, I, I think we win. Um, and I I could see it being a second-half win kind of deal, where it's, yeah. it's a close, it's a struggle, and it looks ugly, and uh, we start to run away with it later. I through the first few weeks of football, um, I am thinking that we are uh, going to see some sloppy football on both sides. Uh, that seems to be the theme. That's it's very brave of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not exactly going out on a limb there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree fully, though. Um, you know, some teams could be not sloppy, but I do not expect us to be one of them for a variety of reasons. So, yeah. Do we want to talk about last week's games or do we want to talk about... Is there any game really worth talking about last week? I mean... Well, I've got a couple thoughts. I've got a yeah, couple put thoughts it out on... Th- put it out there. If you have okay. good stuff, then bring it. Let's go. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say good stuff, but um, I've got I've got stuff here from last weekend. Uh, I watched several games. Uh, I was disappointed um, in the Louisville-Miami game. Um and I, I don't want to say Miami is back. You know, I, I don't buy that narrative, but uh, they looked pretty good. And Rhett Lashley, as the offensive coordinator, is a clear upgrade 
from Dan Anus, as we determined uh, was the correct <laughs> pronunciation last year. Um, yes. You know, it's it's pretty clear that he is actually willing to use their skill position talent, which is going to be superior to most teams in the ACC that they play. And they're utilizing their players effectively on offense. Uh, Derek King looked much better this week. Passing the ball looks much more like what was advertised coming from Houston and what we saw from him at Houston a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I, I think that they're a pretty good team this year um and something that really stuck out to me was they are physically developed the way that a power five team should be like they look like a power five football team um all of their guys are like you know they're big and muscular and they have some clear strength and conditioning advantages at that program that it seems like more and more acc teams are looking like aac teams you know it's like that yeah they, they like Louisville half of their guys looked like they're like high school players and uh you know it's just you're not going to be able to compete in big boy football even if your guys are slower you know you're going to you're going to be more competitive if they're physically developed and if they're big and so i think that's a big advantage for Miami in the ACC right now um and i think that they are probably going to be one of the top 3 teams in that conference this year and as much as Gator fans hate to hear that, because, I mean, obviously we want them to just suck and struggle, uh, the team that this is going to hurt the most is Florida State. So yep. in that in that sense, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, Anybody saying that, uh, oh, Louisville sucks and uh, King, you know, he's no good or whatever, I think you're, you're kind of deluding yourself here because, like, Miami played FIU. Who'd they lose to, FIU or FAU last year? FIU. Both? Yeah, it doesn't matter. They lost to one of them last year because they couldn't score. And they lost to uh, La Tech. Like, yeah. That, yeah, La Tech without scoring. There's no way that uh, De'Aaron King would, and with this with this offensive coordinator, would go through those games without scoring. Like, now, yeah. to be fair, they actually scored more points against Louisville last year than they did this year. I think they, <laughs> they hung a 50-burger on Louisville last year. But... Um, I, I mean, that was it, it looks much different this year. It passes so that, the eye test. That is a that is a great point. But yeah, I, and I and to be fair, I did not watch a lot of Miami last year, but I watched a little bit and they they sucked every time I watched them. Um, and this year I watched a little bit of the game and that offense actually looked decent. Like it looked like it was doing the right things, like they were running when they needed to, throwing when they needed to, and it was working. So um, I. I it would be hard for me to say that there's been a uh, a Miami quarterback in any recent memory that looked as good as Derek King could look this year. So, yeah, for sure. Um, just a couple of oh. other quick notes. Uh, I I think we called the uh, USF situation correctly. They are ass cheeks. Uh, Charlie oh left God. a serious mess there. God, so um, bad. So bad. And uh, I am surprised by Boston College. Um, I was low on the uh, Jeff Halfley hire as their new head coach. Uh, but, I mean, they, they looked more cohesive offensively in their first game um, than they had for quite a while. I mean, even last year they were a good offensive team, but it was like because they had one really good player at running back and already they look like a more rounded, well-rounded team. 
and uh, I'm just I'm surprised by the early returns there, but it they look pretty good. Yeah, I didn't get to see a lot of that game, but I think a lot of us expected Duke to win yeah, that for sure, and uh, they got kind of blown out from what it I saw. Was, it was uh, a very very sloppy game from Duke, which was you know it was surprising given they have such an experienced head coach, but. You know, I guess that's I guess that's uh, football in this day and age of uncertainty, right? Um, and UCF beat Georgia Tech pretty handily in the end. I think that game was closer than the score would indicate. Um, I watched some of that game. I fell asleep during some of that game. Yeah, I was uh, I was getting a little worried because I had some hot takes about how bad Georgia Tech was, and then they're starting <laughs> to prove me they're proving me wrong a little bit. I don't like that. So maybe chill, <laughs> maybe chill out, Collins. Um, I still think that Georgia Tech has major issues, and uh, UCF is um, it's just a well-run program overall with better players than you would typically see at a school like that because of the the Florida connection. But uh, I think I still think Georgia Tech has a lot of struggles this year. Um, I yeah. I just ha- I can't I can't get away from that. So I, I am I am higher on them this year than you are. Um, I think that they have flipped enough of that roster that they can make some serious progress this year. I think that they have already infused quite a bit of talent relative to what they had. Um, but it might be one of those teams that comes together a little bit more towards the end of the year as they get more experience behind a lot of inexperienced, talented players um, throughout the year. Yeah, that's definitely what it'll take. Um, sort of a late rise. I would agree. Um, all right. So let's move on to this weekend's games. Uh, yeah. This is an exciting weekend. It feels like this is the first one with, like, big-time games kind of across the real, country. Real football, yeah. It's not like, oh, there's, like, half a game on at any given time. There's actually yeah. some, some decent games. So, yeah, pretty. Yeah. I'm excited for Kentucky and Auburn. Um, that uh, currently is a seven and a half point spread in favor of Auburn. I'll take Kentucky. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I'd take Kentucky to keep it within seven there. I think so too. That uh, we we will see uh, Kentucky early season Kentucky that Florida always has to face, and that is yeah. not a fun team to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, uh, Auburn on the other hand, I think Auburn is not the number eight team in the country. So no, I, I see no, this I being, I see this being closer than seven points. Yep. Completely agree. Um, uh, let's see. Are there any game? Oh, uh, Miami and FSU. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this could be an absolute shellacking if, uh, yeah, I, I could see this being a blowout. With yeah. what we see, what we've seen from Miami. That said, uh, FSU seems to always rise to the occasion for these games. Like, does either team ever blow the other out? It was pretty one-sided last year, if I recall. But I might be misremembering that. Was was this? Was it Miami that got Taggart fired finally last year? I don't know. I thought I, I could be combining years here, but I thought that um, I didn't think it was that bad. Maybe it was. I'm pulling. I'm pulling up their I'm, their I'm, games list right now. Yeah, so. as am I. Um, yeah. So last last year Miami won twenty seven to ten. So I guess it was kind of a blowout. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of the year before with that twenty eight twenty seven. FSU yes. was all like, yeah, yeah. oh, we had that forward pass weird thing, or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a decent blowout. Twenty seven ten. 
in Tallah- in Tallahassee too. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, this year, uh, let's see. Miami is favored by eleven currently. Uh, that opened at ten, I think. Um, boy, it seems like it should be higher than that. But this is maybe one of those like I don't know, Vegas knows something type of things. I, I think it just comes down to it being a rivalry, and yeah, um, probably I, that- that's. That's the only way it stays close right there is that one team just plays a way that they won't play the rest of the season. And um, I can see it happening. But, yeah, it's, it's hard not to think that Miami's going to blow them out because right now I think Miami's going to blow them out. Yeah, it's just it, like the added aspect of Norvell being out with COVID. I, oh, I yeah. just, boy, I don't know, man. I really don't know how. I, I don't the, know how Florida State gets up for it, even if it is a rivalry game. I don't know how many of their players are going to be invested into this game at all. Did I see that uh, Florida State was favored in the FPI? Are is they? That, that would that would maybe make sense. I don't know how heavily that uh, factors in last year's results, but if that's factoring in Miami losing three games ago to Louisiana Tech, like fourteen to nothing or whatever it was, that would make yeah. sense. I don't know where to find FPI, but I saw something like that. I saw I saw an ESPN chart that had Florida State with like a fifty six percent chance winning or something. I think FPI also heavily weighs in the like recruiting talent rankings. Oh, so that would that would probably make sense there too. Yeah, weird still, but yeah, okay. I, I guess I could see that. I think FPI is one of those metrics that is fairly accurate in the aggregate, but maybe not entirely useful for individual matchups if that makes sense yeah i i would i guess the 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 best systems kind of are right so i think i think florida state's on a three-game losing streak to miami too so i guess the the people who played as freshmen that are now seniors will have their last chance to win this game so that that could factor in as well is yeah rough times kind of a dumpster fire up there in tally huh you hate Mm -hmm. to see it just hate it Absolutely. You know what I hate? I hate to see how that phrase has become bastardized and people now confuse you love to see it with you hate to see it. Like, you know, say that. Yeah. Like they they say you love to see it when they actually like seeing something. And it's like, that's not how that works. It's supposed to be. No, no, (laughs) no. You hate to see it. Like, come on. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, people. Learn the memes. It's really not that hard. Seize the memes of production. Um, All right. Is there anything else that's catching your eye this coming week? I thought there were a couple. Uh, okay, yeah. So we have Tennessee, South Carolina. Right, boy. Would that be, is going to be, be one. Some, that is going to be some sloppy ass struggle ball. So what I saw was uh, Tennessee was a three point favorite. This is in South Carolina. It's a night game. It's Muschamp versus Pruitt. This is going to be ugly as shit. I could see this potentially being like. Um, I don't want to say six to five because how the hell do you get five, but a seven to six kind of game or like a nine to six kind of game, like three, three field goals to two field goals. I, that's my prediction. Actually nine to six with um, man, it's a coin flip. Who wins this? Uh, yeah, I'll go South Carolina nine to six, but it's going to be ugly though. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I think it is like really ugly for most of the game. And then I think Tennessee pulls away late. I'm going to go, uh, 14 to 10 Tennessee. That isn't really okay. pulling away, is it? That's not really no. pulling away, but it is well, covering well, hold, the spread. Hold on, hold on. That is pulling away for <laughs> Muschamp <laughs> and Pruitt. Like. Yeah, relative. Yeah. 
like, like, like West Camp afterwards is like punching whiteboards because all he wanted was for it to be like 11 to 10 loss. He can handle that. But 14 to 10? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> that's that's uh, rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Muschamp has had their number throughout the years. I think they finally beat him last year, if I recall correctly, yeah. um, for the first time. Um, but he's always had Tennessee's number throughout the years. Right. Yeah. So, oh, and then they play us. Yeah, I got to take Muschamp to win the first game because I don't want him beating us. So, yeah. Okay. Th- All right. Yeah, Fair I got, enough. I got n- nine to six. Muschamp over Pruitt, and uh, both coaches are actually very happy. Yeah. Right. They're both just like <laughs> just satisfied that it didn't get to double digits on either side. <laughs> yes. Boy, will we sure we sure set offensive football back today, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> they give each other a hug in midfield. Yeah. Go out, go out to dinner afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Slam down some whiskey and beer. Like this is a great time. Yeah. Um. Uh, there was one more. Oh, uh, one I was looking at. Uh, Texas and Texas Tech. Texas is favored Ooh. by eighteen currently. Man, Texas Tech was absolute ass cheeks in their first game. They almost lost to Houston Baptist. Like yeah. I'm not a I'm not really a believer in Texas as like a real competitor this year, but boy, that feels like that has the potential to get significantly more out of hand than 18 points. Like that Texas be... has a good enough offense to to really destroy a bad team. Yeah, and apparently Texas Tech is a bad team. They're so bad. I yeah. What's the what's the spread on that? You said 18, 18 points. 18. Ooh, no. yeah. I'd have a hard time not taking Texas there. And, and granted, like this is one that I'd want to say with how the Big Twelve is. I'd want to say that oh, Texas Tech's going to win this because they all suck. But I do think Texas is a step above most of them, despite them not being very good. Like for sure, it's just a bad yeah. conference. I actually, yeah. I think talent wise, Texas might be the most complete team in that conference right now. I think they've got a lot of talent, like legitimate talent on defense that Oklahoma it- doesn't have. Yeah, they have like NFL players there. They they won't yeah. use them right, but they do. No. Yeah, I I don't believe in Tom Herman as a coach generally. I think he's what is holding them back at this point. I think it's proven. I mean, he's not the worst, but he's definitely not going to get them anywhere close to where they want to be. Yeah, and it's not a hard conference. That's the thing. Like he's had ample opportunity. So yeah, yep. Uh, Georgia and Arkansas. Georgia favored by twenty six. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. I don't know how Arkansas is going to score points in that game. So, if, you know, 28 nothing, Georgia could cover. <laughs> I, I, I can actually see it being 26 nothing too. So, yeah, yeah. That, that there's, you know, I mean, Felipe Franks is um, is a quarterback <sighs> Jesus. with a strong arm. Yeah. That's all That's all I can say about him. I like he him, too. Certainly he, he, he's he's likable enough, and um, he, he did his best. So Seems like a nice do. man. Yes, he'll he'll do his best at Arkansas, and um, that will not be close to anywhere near enough at Georgia. Nope. Um, Mississippi State and LSU. Uh, LSU favored by sixteen and a half. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, LSU is is not going to be good this year. They're not the number six team. Uh, I, I'd put them behind Auburn personally, and I don't think Auburn's the number eight team. So that's that's just my take. Uh, Mississippi State. It's hard for me to expect them to do that well though i yeah is it 18 16 16 and a half yeah i guess i'd i could see mississippi state putting up some numbers uh leach has an offensive mind and it's not like anybody in the sec has had to face him really so he might be able to catch some of these coaches off guard i could see i could see him putting up enough numbers to keep it close so i'll take mississippi state on that 
Yeah, uh, I think so too. I think that's a 14 point. Um, and I think that could, that has the potential to be high scoring, has the potential for a bit of a shootout situation. Yeah, they have some, uh, they have a pretty, some pretty decent players at quarterback, and um, they got that running back who's really good. So, yeah, yeah. that it could be interesting. I, I would not feel confident as an LSU fan right now, and I'm sure they all do, but they shouldn't. No, certainly not. Um, okay. I think that's all I see that is really catching my eye as far as yeah. other games. I mean, we the only uh, we missed uh, Alabama in the uh, the Texas A and M Vanderbilt game as the SEC games, but they're just two blowouts. So yeah, I don't even I don't even know if, if that's worth covering. Let's for consistency, let's pick the SEC games. All right. Well, so, oh, what's the spread then? I I don't like this. Uh, I'm guessing it's like thirty for Alabama over Missouri. Uh, that is 27 Alabama by 27. Give me Alabama. Yep. I agree. Uh, (laughs) yeah, uh, I would go like, Oh, 49 to 10 maybe. Yeah. It would have to be close to the forties for me to even consider not taking Alabama. So yeah, Alabama. Um, And let's see. That is, Texas A&M favored by 30 and a half. Uh, I, you know, Ooh. I would, I would take Vandy against that spread. Um, I think they can keep it within 30. They're not good, but I don't, I don't know how Texas A&M scores 30. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that would be tough. Uh, okay. So like, I don't know how Jimbo usually does when he comes out. I feel like they, I said this earlier, I think Texas A&M plays two teams a little bit. And, uh, while I could see them blowing out a bad team, um, I could see them playing to Vandy with uh, Vandy being kind of, I don't know. I guess they never play each other. So I don't know if they're experienced in each other, but they're still the whole SEC vibe. 30 is a lot. I could see Texas A&M struggling to score 30 points. So yeah. Yeah. Have we, we haven't gotten the same in all these, have we? Uh, Hard to remember. I don't remember. I'll have to all make right, a note take, of it. I'll take A&M to, uh, okay. to win right. uh, 50, 50 to like three or some shit like that. Like just blowout. We'll go with a blowout for A&M. They'll, they'll look good. They'll get excited. And then they'll fall off the roller coaster like they always do. Yeah. Okay. University right. day. Sounds yeah. good. Definitely. Um, All right. It's been a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to digest. I'm excited for this week. Um, we just got like four or five more days here. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably like three days left until football. That's yeah, exciting. It's right there. I'm pumped. I bought a new shirt for this. Like I got an orange shirt and uh, hopefully we'll be standing out in the powder blue, the sea of powder blue there. So I'll be at the game. I'm really excited. Cannot wait. And um, I expect it to actually rain. So we'll, we'll see how that goes too. We didn't even get into that, but I'm pumped. Oh, Football's here. Football's here, man. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all yeah. for me. Um, guys, uh, if you get the opportunity to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be very grateful. Um, it's been a while since we've had a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody, but, uh, you know, if you get the chance to review it, you should review it. Yeah, it's uh, it, honestly, we, we don't do this for anything but to, uh, first of all, to, to let ourselves just talk talk about it because we love talking football but the the main goal here is we want to provide good info and we felt like this is a great avenue for that and we're providing it for you the listeners and uh, we don't care about anything beyond that so reviews are great they're helpful and uh, we love them and we love all of you for sure um 
All right. Well, stay well. Let's make it through this week. Wear your mask. Go Gators. Let's beat the hell out of them. Go Gators. Should I do? Should I do a voice? I'll do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe add like a really like southern accent oh, here. I could, I could try a struggle with that, but let's see if I, let's see if I, <laughs> I can mean, do if that. You, if you want, if you want to, <laughs> I'll don't see what feel I can obligated. Work out. Yeah, no. All right.